All right, I will say good morning, good morning, a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. Thank our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Teves. The thank the entire daf Yomi share for dedicating the shiurim this month. In, in, for the Aliyah for the Neshama of Mr. Milton Martyr, Mordechai David Ben Rafal Hakoin, Sichron Levracha, to thank the Alba Mishpacha for dedicating all the Shimon Joshos this month. In commemoration of the yard site of Jerry Elbam, Yaakov Koppel, Ben Revavram Menachem, to thank our week of learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating the learning this week in the Schusser of Fushlim of Rabbi David Katz, Rabbi David Hakoin Ben Leah, and to thank Saeed and Sima Haken. For dedicating the shiurim this week, Leili Nishma Sima's parents, Miriam Bas Elazar and Yecheskel Ben Aga Sela. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Slavin Aliyah, and the family Zeina Chamer. I will say with that, let us begin. We have a really exciting daf ahead of us today, packed with a lot of great concepts. Today's daf is Ayin Chas 78, and we are actually picking up on Ayin Zayin Mabez 77b. And we left off two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. Shabbos said, let's get started. Tanya. So, uh, an interesting concept here. I'm sorry. Tanya. Haomer the Ishto. Man says to his wife, Kol nidarim shetaduri, efshi shetaduri. So, we'll say, very interesting Russian here. A man says to his wife, Ruben is married to Rachel, and Ruben says to Rachel, Rachel, any nidarim that you make, I don't want you to make. Right? Any nidarm you make, I don't want you to vow. Yeah, shisha and ours, I don't want the vows. So we'll say, or, in the nether, or he says to her, any nether you make is not a nether. Lo amar klum. Ultimately, again, he has not said anything. So let's analyze this for just a moment. We'll say, so take a first, take a quick look. Take a quick look. Um, actually, yes, so, no, you know, let's finish the finishing mark first. So, okay, so that's the first statement. Right? So he says to his wife, any nadarm that you will make, I don't want, or I don't want, or any nether you make, ultimately is not a nether. Such a statement is meaningless. Yofa asis, the inkamoseich, let's say, I will say, so that's on the, that's on what we'll call the revocation side. What about on the aff- affirmation side? Let's say he says to her, Yofa asis. So we'll say in this case, Rocha made a nether. Rocha made a nether. Right after she makes the nether, he says, Shkoyach. Right, Yafasis, good job. Right, the income will say, Oh, listen to this. After she makes the nether, he says, You know, Rachel, there's no one like you. There's no one like you. Or, Or he says, Rachel, you know, had you not made that nether, I would have compelled you to make that nether. Then ultimately, again, this, These statements apparently work as an affirmation. So I will say, so two different cases. In case number one, Rachel made the nether, and he's saying, any nedarim you make, I don't want. Or, the nedarim you make are not a nether. So the Gemara tells us, that is not a revocation. Conversely, she makes a nether, and he says, Shkoyach, good job, there's no one like you in the world. Or, had you not made that nether, I would have told you to make that nether. That is a proper affirmation. So what's going on over here? So I'll say, take a look at the, let's start with the rush. Let's start with the rush. So I'll say, see the rush is in the left-hand column, left-hand column. This rush, you could actually just pick it up two, four, five lines up from before it gets wide. So look at the rush, says, So what is the more teaching me? Why is this a very interesting halacha? 
When it comes to hafaras daros, remember again, we, every day we have to review our terms. Hafaras nadan refers to which process? Father to a daughter, husband to a husband to a wife. Good. What's involved in hafara? What's involved? Right. It's it's all it's all we'll call, right now. We're just focus on the husband. It's a husband-driven process. Husband-driven process where he simply has the power to revoke the nether of his wife. That's the power he has. The rush that the Gemara is coming to teach me is the only way hafara works is if there is an explicit lashon of hafara. I am mefer this nether. I revoke this nether. That's ultimately again. So you have to use why? Because the lashon of hafara, that lashon hafara, I am mefer. That's the lashon of the Torah. So therefore, again, when a husband wants to go ahead and revoke the nether of his wife, he has to use the proper biblical lashon. And that's why, again, if he uses these other Lashonos, and here's what's interesting, in these other Lashonos, it's absolutely unequivocally clear how the husband feels about his wife's Nedarim. Right? How does he feel about them? How does he feel about them? He doesn't want them. Right? He says to her, he says to her, I don't like your Nedarim. I don't want you to make Nedarim. That's a pretty clear expression of intent. Expression of intent is not enough. What do you need? Explicit expression of hafara. Okay. Conversely, listen to this. Hakama, the Rush says This is fascinating. On the other hand, this is so interesting. How do you accomplish kiyum? How does a husband affirm his wife's nether? How does he affirm it? He doesn't have to do anything. In other words, affirmation is accomplished through silence. Right? Remember again, if the husband hears the nether and does absolutely nothing for the day that he hears it, then the nether is affirmed. So because affirmation takes place even through complete passivity, is passivity a word? Passiveness? Passivity, right? Ultimately, again, therefore what? All you need is a basic expression of intent. So when he says, that's enough. That's enough. Or you're the best. Right? You're the best. You know, you know what Rachel's thinking after Ruben says you're the best? This is when you compliment me? Right? right? What, what about all the other times? Right? right? What, forget about the dark. This is what you give me a shkaya for? And anyway, let's say, so let's get, it's just fascinating. So when it comes to revocation, when it comes to revocation, where the Torah gives me explicit lashing, that's, that's the only lashing that revokes an edar. Affirmation which could be done in a totally passive fashion, any lashon of affirmation will work to confirm the nether. So fascinating. And I will say, that's actually, we'll, we'll see this, we'll see this in the Rambam. We'll see this in the Rambam. The Rambam says over here, the case of Nekayim, this is the Rambam, Hilchos, the Darim, Parakut, Gimel, Halacha, Gimel, Higon, Shiyomer, La, Kayim, Lechi, O Yafa, Nadart, O Inkamoseich, O Ilu, Nadart, Eisi, Madrev, Ego, Yitzu, Drav, Sharatsev, Nadar, Zeh. The Rambam writes, the affirmation could take place through any type of positive lashon. Any type of affirmative lashon works, which makes sense. Because remember, I don't even need an expression of intent for affirmation. As long as he hears it and does nothing, he also affirms the nether. Therefore, any lashon of affirmation will work. But halacha lemaisa, the Rambam Paskins, again, so that, that's in Parakir Gimel halacha Gimel. He goes out, the hafara is in Parakir Gimel Pasek Beis. The Rambam says, in that case, halacha lemaisa, you need a lashon of hafara. 
So halacha maisi need an explicit lashing of hafara in order to annul the neder, but any positive lashing will ultimately confirm the neder. Incredible. Let's go back. The say first wide line. Ayin zayin with a seventy-seven b. Remember again, in yesterday's daf, we established the idea that you could do hafaras nedarim on Shabbos. Now, say, so the truth is, hafaras nedarim, you could certainly do on Shabbos, especially when we paskin. Remember, we paskin, so what's the window? What's the window for affirmation or revocation by hafaras nedarim? One day. What type of day? Calendar day. Calendar day, right? Now, so now, now that we know that it's only a calendar day, so certainly you could do it on Shabbos, because if you preclude a person from doing this on Shabbos, what could happen? A person could totally lose out on the opportunity to revoke or to confirm. Well, confirmation happens de facto, but loses out on the opportunity to revoke the neder. Now what the Gemara is saying is like this. If a man is going to be made for his wife's neder, if he's going to revoke the neder on Shabbos, he has to use a different lashon. He shouldn't say, he shouldn't say, Lo yomar adem, la Shabbos, Mufar lechi, the neder is mufar, batal lechi, or the neder is butter, batal, kederk shomalavachal. These are all expressions that he could go ahead and use during the week to go ahead and revoke the neder. Ela omer la, listen to this, tali va'achli, tali ushasi. So let's give the example of this. Let's say, Allah ha'lamaisa, so Rachel made a neder not to eat bread. Let's, let's just use it as a simple example. So during the week, if he wanted to go and revoke that neder, what would he do? What would he do? He would say to her, mufar lechi. The neder is mufar, or bottle. Bottle, the neder is bottle. That's also good enough lashon of hafara. On Shabbos, he shouldn't use that same lashon. Rather, what should he do? He should say, Rachel, have a piece of challah. Now, let's say, what's the effect of saying, Rachel, have a piece of challah? He's effectively being made for the neder. Right? By telling her to have a piece of challah, what he's saying is, I'm annulling your neder. Taliba achli. Taliba shasi. And the neder is bottle on its own. Now, what's the logic behind this? Take a look. Take a look at... You could even go back to the rush for just a moment again. So this time the rush is in two, four, five, uh, four lines into the wide lines, the end of the fourth wide line. So I will say, the rush highlights over here that the obligation over here is to go ahead and to change the way in which one does hafaras nedarim on Shabbos. That's the idea, that on Shabbos one should talk, one should do hafaras nedarim in a different way. Now, if you take a look at the rush, I will say, so the rush is in the wide lines as well. The rush is actually also four, well, that's interesting, four lines into the wide line, the end of the fourth wide line. Fascinating, actually, same, same thing as the rush. In general, whatever you could do differently on Shabbos, we do differently on Shabbos. It's important to make constant, consistent distinctions between Shabbos and the weekday. Therefore, the Gemara saying over here is like this. Does a husband have a right to be made for his wife's neder on Shabbos? Absolutely. But do it differently than the way you do it during the week. So during the week, a husband would say, Mufar or Batalech. On Shabbos, he could just say, Rachel, you know, let's assume Rachel made the neder, not eat a piece of bread. If he tells her, Rachel, have a piece of challah, take a piece of challah, 
that is effective, that is effective revocation of the nether. However, qualification. However, again, what does he have to do? As much as, as much as he's not making a positive statement of revocation, ultimately in his heart, he has to make a positive statement of revocation. Take a look at the take a look at the run again. One line down below, five, six lines into the wide lines. So cognitively, cognitively, he has to say to himself, the nether should be bottle. The nether should be bottle. Good. So we'll say this. So again, just fascinating halak. So again, this is building on a couple of things. Number one, how far as the darn could be done on Shabbos. But even though Akhbar Zaron could be done on Shabbos, be made for in a different way. Be made for in a different way. Right? So, uh, what do you, so in words, instead, it's fascinating. Instead of being made for in the negative, this nether is mufar, this nether is bottle, be made for in the positive. What's the positive? Take a piece of challah. Take a piece of challah. But in your heart, you should say, I'm being mevat of the nether. Tanya B'Shameh, Om B'Shameh says, B'Shabbos mevat of the B'chom Mosi B'Shvasov. B'Shameh says in Shabbos, you're mevat of the nether. Really, it means you're made for the nether in your heart. And during the week, you articulate. Basilom Basilom says, Shabbat says it's very interesting. Basilom says the truth is, this Shabbos mechanism that we're highlighting over here, technically it works during the week as well. In other words, that even during the week, Rachel made the nether not to eat bread. Not to eat bread. And now what happens? Ruvain says, Ruvain says, you know what? Take a piece of bread. Take a piece of bread. That is effective hafaras nedarin. As long as what? He's mevatal belibo. Now, I just want to point out, this is really very interesting because the previous sugya just said that what? The previous sugya said that what's hafaras nedarin? What's hafaras nedarin? Hafaras nedarin is an explicit lotion of hafara. And in fact, if you use these other lashonos, it doesn't work. So it seems to me the one exception to this is a husband telling a wife, to engage in the very activity that she prohibited through her nether, ain't hafara didola mizo. Right? That, that by itself is hafara, even though he's not using the lotion of mefer or he's not using the lotion of batel. So again, since on Shabbos, we want to do things a little bit differently than during the week, that's what he should do hafara, but in his heart, he should go to be mevatal the nether. Incredible, incredible. So the Gemara goes, Amr Yochanan, Chacham Sharba Lashon Baal Ubashman Shalashon Chacham Lamar Klom. That was very interesting. So remember, let's here, here now our worlds are, are, are coming together. So remember again, they will say, when a Chacham, what power does a Chacham have over a nether? What power does he have over a nether? Hatara. Right? Hatara, remember again, what's Hatara? Hatara is annulment of the nether. Annulment of the nether. Now we'll say, what does annulment of the nether do? It shuts the nether down here and now. How do you accomplish hatara? Right? Charata. Charata. It is a machokes. Charata or Pesach. We've already seen Paskin Charata. Okay? So now we'll say, so that means that when a chacham is matir a nether, they will say, what lashon does a chacham use? What, what, what lashon? Mutter. Right? They will say, by the way, I just want to point out to you, all of us are going to appreciate Hataras Nadarim so much more this year. Right? Why? Because I'm actually going to have a chance of knowing what it is that I'm doing. Right? I will say, remember again, what do I say when I stand before a basin? And I will say, by the way, what kind of basin are you standing in front of? 
yeah, right. Don't, don't, don't say it like so disparagingly, right? Like, I have bundles, those hediotos, right? Those hediotos. So I say that now I get it. Now I get it, by the way. Now it's a basin of hediotos, basin of regular people, including even relatives, right? I can even use relatives. And now what am I saying? What's the core phrase of, of Hatarzan? The core phrase? Bekulon ischalatno. That's it. I have harata. There's no Pesach. There's no, you know, I made the nether to do this, and had I known then what I know now? No. I have harata. And I will say, what's the basement speaking part of Hadaris Nadarim? Hakol you, Utarimach. Hakol Shiruyimach. Enkan. Lo nether, so on and so forth. Hakol that's it. Mutter. Mutter. Hataras Nadarim, that's what I will say, so when a Tamut Chacham, or Tamut Chacham is Matir Nether, he used Lashon of Mutter. What Lashon does a husband use when he wants to annul his wife's neder? Muferlach. Muferlech. Muferlech. Shabbat Shalom says, listen to this, if a Chacham uses a Lashon of Mufar, or a husband uses a Lashon of Mutter, so the Gemara says, Omar Klum. That doesn't work. Which, which makes sense, right? A husband can't use the mechanism of Hataras Nedarim, and a, and a, and a, and a Chacham can't use Lashon of, can't use the mechanism of Hafaras nedarim. The Sanya, because we learned, Zehadavar. Now, I will say the passage that the Gemara is quoting over here is Zehadavar Shertziva, and then this, this is in Bamidbar, Zehadavar Shertziva, and then the Torah goes into the halachos of Nedarim. So the Gemara is dashing where Zehadavar means there is specific wording, specific verbiage that is used for different mechanisms by different people. It teaches us hachacham matir ve'in ba matir. A tamut chacham can be matir hataras nedarim. A husband can't be matir. Shiachol, because I would have thought, I might have thought to say uma chacham she'in mefer matir. A chacham who doesn't have the ability to be mefer has the ability to be matir. So I will say bal she'mefer elodin she'matir. A husband who can be mefer certainly should be able to be matir. Top of Ayn Ches, Lomar, Zahadavar. Therefore, the Pasuk says Zahadavar, which the Gemara is actually a Zahadibor. So, Achacha Matir Vein Ba Matir. Everyone has their own Mishnah. I will say, by the way, it's an interesting Kabbalah right? I would have thought, I would have thought, Achacha who can't be Mayfair can be Matir. Certainly, a husband who can be Mayfair can be Matir. But if you think about it, which is stronger, Hafara or Hatara? Which is stronger? It's interesting independently. Bipashtos. Let's find the over here. Sounds like hafara would be stronger. They both say, "Why is hafara stronger?" Because hafara does not even require the consent of the vower. Remember, I will say hafara is a process that can be visited upon the woman who vowed. Right? Rachel made her vow. She loves her vow. Vaharaya, she made it. She feels strongly about this vow. Ruvain, her husband, doesn't like it. What, what's Ruvain's power? What's Ruvain's power? Absolute and total revocation. Even though Rachel is protesting that revocation, Reuven, as, as opposed to Atara, they both say, remember again, the process of Atara has to be initiated by who? Has to be initiated by who? By the vower. Okay, in any event, Tanya Yidach, another bride, so we'll say, Tapa Ches. It's good that we got to today's daf. Tanya Yidach, we'll say, another, another bride, so Zad Davar, Baal Mefer, Ve'in Chacham Mefer. What do we learn from Zad Davar? A husband has the ability to do Afara. A Chacham doesn't have the ability to do Afara. Shiachal, you might have thought, Uma Baal She'in Matir Mefer. A husband who can't be Matir can be Mefer. Chacham She'matir Eino Din She'mefer. A Chacham who can be Matir 
Good. So we'll say, what's the takeaway? The takeaway over here is there are very distinct processes, right? And the lashon of hatara or mutter can only be used by a chacham, can't be used by a husband. And lashon of hafara, mefer leich, only used by a husband, can't be used by a tamut Incredible. So let's go right there. Ne'emar Khan was a very interesting Gemara. Ne'emar Khan zehadavar. So we'll say, it says over here, here being nedarim, the lashon of zehadavar, v'ne'emar lahalon zehadavar b'shutechotz. And I will say, Torah speaks about Zadavar by Shchutei Chutz. And I will say, what's Shchutei Chutz? Shchutei Chutz is the halacha that says that ultimately one is not permitted to go ahead and shecht karbonos outside of the Beis HaMikdash. And doing so carries with it a very serious transgression. So the same lashon of Zadavar is said by Nedarim and is said by Shchutei Chutz. Okay, so I will say, what exactly is the, what's the, what's the what is the, Connection here. So listen to this. Just like Shrute Chutz, the prohibition to Shech the carbon outside of the base of applies to Aaron, his sons, and all of Klal Yisrael. So to Parshas Nedarim applies to Aaron, his sons, and all of Klal Yisrael. Okay. Furthermore, Umakhan Rashi Amatos. So just like I will say by by Chutz, it's referring to Rashi Hamatos, the leaders. Aflahalon Rashi Hamatos. Ultimately, again by the Dharma, it also applies to Rashi Hamatos. Fine. So I will say. So what exactly this means, we're going to have to see. So Parshas Nedarim Lamai Hochasa. So I will say. So what what exactly does this mean? So remember, so we're making this Gzera Shavu now between Nedarim and between Chutz. And here, here's what we're trying to say. Just like by Shchut Eichutz, it applies to Aaron, his sons, and Kol Yisrael. So to Nedarim applies to Aaron, his sons, and Kol Yisrael. And just like Shchut Eichutz, ultimately, I'm sorry, just like Nedarim applies to Rashi Hamatos, so to Shchut Eichutz applies to Rashi Hamatos. We have absolutely no idea what this is talking about. So let's see. So the Gemara says, "Beparshas nedarim l'mayelvasa." So we'll say when it comes to when it comes to nedarim, what does it mean that it applies to Aaron, his sons, and all of Klali? So what does that mean? Amr Avacha Bayakov lahachshir shlosha hediotos. So we'll say this is fascinating because we'll say Aaron and his sons is how many people? Is how many people? Three. Now remember again, this is after the death of Nadav and Aviu. So there's three. So, say, so, so by Shchutei Chutz, the Torah uses the Lashon of Aaron Ubanov, and it says Zadavar. Zadavar. So just like by Shchutei Chutz, Zadavar applies to Aaron and his sons. So, so too by Nidarim, it applies to Aaron and his sons. Meaning what? That just like Aaron and his sons is three. So by Nidarim, it teaches us that Nidarim could be annulled by three people, but even three had yotos. It doesn't have to be like Aaron and his sons who are mumchin, but rather even three had yotos. I, Baha Rashi Amatos, but here's the problem. It says Rashi Amatos. Now we'll say, Rashi Amatos sounds like what? Leadership. Leadership. So it sounds like had yotos are not enough. So Amrav Chista, Vitim Rabbi Yochanan, Biyachid Mumcha. So Rabbi Yochanan is coming to teach you both. And this is very interesting. Aaron Ubanov teaches you that all you need is three. And those three can even be what? Can even be what? Hedyotos. The Rashi Hamatos teaches you that you could use one, but that one would have to be what? A mumcha. 
Fascinating. Rashi Amatos b'shchutei chutz l'mayochos. They both say, "What do the Rashi Amatos teach me by shchutei chutz?" Amar of Sheishes Lomar Sheish Sheila behektish. This is very interesting. Both say so. Rashi Amatos by shchutei chutz teaches me that there is the concept ultimately again of Sheila by hektish. They both say, "What does that mean?" Take a look at the run. They both say this is the second to last short line. She Lomar Sheish Sheila behektish. Listen to this. Shim hiktish behim of a shach. The boss is so fascinating. Let's say like this: I I was makdish an animal, right? I consecrated an animal as a as a shlamim, and then what happens? Vishachta b'chutz. I shechted it outside of the base hamikdash. The boss say major major transgression, and then what happens? V'achar kach. First white line in the round. V'achar kach nishal alel. The boss say then I did something very interesting. What did I do? I ultimately again went to have my neder revoked. So remember again, I made a neder to bring a shlomim, and I, I was madir, I, I pledged this animal as a shlomim. And this says animal has shlomim hek, shlomim kidusha. Now I shechted it outside of the base of Mikdosh. Then what happens? I go to a chacham for hataras nedarim. For hataras nedarim. And the chacham is matir my neder. Watch this. Potter. They will say, I'm potter. Dechevan sheyeh she'elu behekdish, ki'ilu lo'adishem ha'olam dami, Rebbe say, listen to this. Because what does, what does a Chacham do? Rebbe say, when you go for a Taras Nedarim, a Chacham has the ability to retroactively annul the Nedar. So therefore, it turns out, this is fascinating, so it turns out, I shechted a Shlomim outside of the base of Eidash. After I, after I shechted, I go to the Chacham for a Taras Nedarim, and he does so. It turns out that what, Rebbe say, if there's a different two to the Nedar, it turns out that what? I never did shkutei chutz. The animal that I shechted, it turns out, wasn't the shlamim. Incredible. So the Gemara says, so therefore the Gemara says over here, so what, what, what is Rashi HaMatos come to teach me by shkutei chutz? It comes to teach me that there is she'ila behektish, that there is the ability to go ahead and, and literally be matir, my nether, that made this animal a carbon, and therefore, once I do that, it retroactively takes away the prohibition of Shechut Eichotz. Now I will say, take a quick look at the rush for just a moment. So if you go straight across from where we were in the run, to go right, just move your finger to the right in the rush and go down about six lines. Lomar Shechim so I will say, the Chiddush over here is anything that you designate as being Kodesh with your speech, if it can be designated as Kodesh by speech, it has the effect, it has the power of a neder. And if it has the power of a neder, I will say, then it is subject to what? Hataras nedarim, revocation. Revocation, all right? Or better stated, annulment. Right? It's, it, right it, is, it is subject to annulment. It's subject to hataras nedarim. And what that Atara does, Rabbi Osai, is what? That Atara has the ability, now we're going to talk about this more, to retroactively annul that nether. And therefore it turns out that the carbon that I shechted outside of the Beis wasn't even what? Wasn't a carbon. Because that retroactive annulment removed its carbonic designation. Incredible. Incredible. So the Gemara says, that's fine. That's fine. 
if you hold that way. But according to Beishamai, who argues on this, and he says there is no she'ila by hakdish, you can't do a darim by hakdish, then what does he do with the Rashi Amatos by Shkutechotz? To which he'll say, he'll say Beishamai, let's look Zereshava. It might very well be that Beishamai doesn't hold of this Zereshava at all. Right, the Beishamai doesn't hold of Zehadavar Zereshava between Shkutechotz and Adarim at all. So fine. So Zehadavar Beparshas Adarim and Maiksiv. So we'll say, what is Zehadavar by? So again, we're just going through the Zereshava. What does Zehadavar by Nidarim accomplish? So remember again, that's what we just said before. That's what we got into this. So Zehadavar by Nidarim teaches me that what? There is a specific Dibur. There is a specific verbiage that has to be employed for a husband versus a Chacham. And neither could use the other's Lashem. So a, a, a husband cannot be Matir much in the same way that a Chacham cannot be Mefer. So what do we do with Zadavar by Shkutechotz? What is that for? Lomar ala shchita chayiv fein chayiv ala malika. It was a very interesting teaching. It's fascinating. It will say we know that for, for bird carbonos, there's a process called malika. Right? So malika, again, the coin grows out his thumbnail. And essentially what he does is he holds the bird in his hand with the neck of the bird facing him. He plunges his, his thumbnail into the back of the neck of the bird, severs right the, the vertebrae of the, of, the, of the bird, and flicks off its head. Flicks off its head. So I will say, so ultimately, again, here's what's interesting. Eh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm just saying, you know, very good. That's incredible. So I will say, so again, so I'll just point out something very interesting, which is the Gemara says over here, Ziyadavar teaches me that halacha lamaisa, when it comes to shchute chutz, it's very interesting. The halacha of shchute chutz only applies to shchita, doesn't apply to malika. So if you were to take a carbon bird and shecht it outside of the base of the that would be a biblical prohibition that would carry with the cards. You did intentionally. But if you did malika outside of the base of the interestingly enough, it's not called shchute chutz. Fascinating. So I'll say, Beishamai, where does he know? That three regular people can do at Tarzadaran. Because remember again, the other opinions learned it out from the Xer Shava. If Beishamai doesn't hold the Xer Shava, where does he learn it out from? So the Gemara's Nafka Luhu Midrav Asi Bar Nosan. He learns it from Asi Bar Nosan. Dixiv. Vaidaramosh is very interesting. Very interesting. So I'm going to say another, another limit. Here we go. Vaidaramosh is Moadeh Hashem al Bene Yisrael. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu spoke about Moadeh Hashem, the Yomim Tovim, the Kvali Yisrael. Now watch this. Fascinating but yet enigmatic Bryson. What time we learned? Rabbi Yosef Lili Omer, Moadei Ne'amru, Volo Ne'amra Shabbos Bereshis Imoim. So Rabbi Yosef Lili says, you know, the Torah speaks out to Yom and Tovim, but the Torah doesn't speak about Shabbos Bereshis, doesn't speak about Shabbos. Okay? And I will say, we're going to see the problem with that statement is, the Torah does speak about Shabbos in the same exact section as Yom Tovim. I will say, it's going to be in Parashas Pinchas. Right, so the Torah speaks about, the Torah does speak about, the Torah does speak about, the Torah does speak about Shabbos right by the Yomim Tovim. Ben-Azai, Ben-Azai says, Moadei Nemru, Velo Nemru, Parshas Nadarim. Ben-Azai says, it says Yom Tovim, but it doesn't say Parshas Nadarim. Okay, so what, what is going on over here? So Rav Asi Bar Nosan Kashile Ha Masnisa. So we'll say, Rav Asi Bar Nosan was bothered by this Braisa. 
He didn't, he didn't understand the Bryson. I will say, now, the reason he doesn't understand the Bryson is why? Because halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, the Torah does spread, Rabbi Yosei Halili says, in the section that the Torah speaks about the Yom Tovim, it doesn't speak about Shabbos, it doesn't speak about Shabbos. So Rabbi Aravasi Bar was bothered by this because that's not true. The Torah does speak about, does speak about Shabbos in the same section. I will say, not only that, not only that, but Ben Azai said, where it speaks about the Yom Tovim, does speak about Nedarim. That's also not true, because in the very next section is the section of Nedarim. So Rabbi, Rabbi Asi Bar did not understand this Brisa. Did not understand this Brisa. So watch this. Well, this is incredible. This is, listen to this. So so Asa Lenarda, he went to Narda to find someone who could explain it to him. So Asa Lenarda, the Kamei Rav Sheshas. So he went to find Rav Sheshas. Rav Sheshas is going to explain this to me. Velo Ashkechei. He couldn't find Rav Sheshas. It wasn't in Arda. Asa Abbasre So he heard that Rav Sheshas was in Mechuzah. So he traveled from Narda to Mechuzah. Rav said, by the way, what a Musar skill. You know, sometimes in life, you start out searching for something. And you think you're going to find that something in a certain place. Then you get to that place, and that place could be that place could be geographic, or that place could be emotional, right? You're spiritual. You get to that place, and you don't find that thing. They will say, "What happens nine out of ten times? You give up the search." They will say, "What a Musar Haskil. Rabbi Asi, Rav Asi Bar is looking for Rav Sheshes. He travels to Narda. Rav Sheshes is not there." He doesn't do the thing that so many of us do, which is simply, I have so many beautiful ideas, but the moment they become a little bit inconvenient, or the moment they require a little bit more effort, all too often, I just stop. I just thought, what, what does Rabbi Asi do? He's not the Narda. I heard he's in Mechuzah. I'm going to travel to Mechuzah. Because you, you have to ask yourself, why does the Gemara need to include this piece of information? Just tell me that Rav Asi caught up with Rav Sheshes. What do I care that he went in and he already was in Narda, which means I was saying, by the way, that number one, Rabasi is not in Narda. So he heard he was in Narda, he goes to Narda, he's not in Narda, he hears he's in Mechuz, he goes to Mechuz, and I was like, to teach us this incredible lesson. If you want something in life, you're going to have to pursue it. If you want something in life, you're going to have to follow it. And just be ready that sometimes when you're following your dreams, your goals, your aspiration, and you think they're in one place, and you work hard to get to that place, and it's not there, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep moving. Keep traveling. If you want something badly enough in life, you have to be willing to work hard to get it. So what happens? Asa said, Amrle, so he finds him. Oh, that's, that's the last you're supposed to ask you. And if you work hard enough, and you're willing to follow your dreams, and you're willing to go out and travel from place to place to place to place, again, not necessarily geographically, but sometimes it's emotionally, spiritually, willing to work hard. And just because it becomes inconvenient, you don't give up on the things that are meaningful to you. Ultimately, you'll find what you're looking for. So Rabbi Asi, Rabbi Asi catches up with, with Rav Sheshes. So, so again, now, now Rav Asi is going through the Brisa with Rav Sheshes. And he says, Rabbi, I don't understand. I don't understand. Rabbi Yosei Lili said, in the, it says the Yom Tovim, and it doesn't say Shabbos, but that's not true. Shabbos, it does say Shabbos there in the same section. Shabbos is discussed by the Yom Tovim. Vesu, furthermore, I don't understand. The second part of Ben Azai, So Rabbi Yosei, I don't understand. Ben Azai said, it says the section of Yom Tovim doesn't 
doesn't discuss Nidarim. That's also not true. Nidarim is in literally the next section of the Torah. So what is happening over here? What's happening? Tutra Shesha says, Amrle, Haki Katani. Here's how you have to understand it. Rabosai Ain Chesamadei, 70 AP. So Rabosai now, Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes is explaining the Braisa to Ravasi. So here's what he says. So Rabosai says, So Haki Katani, here's how you have to understand it. I'm a base. Moabe Hashem, Tzrichen Kiddush Bezdin, Shabbos Breshes, Ain Tzricha Kiddush Bezdin. So Rabosai, here is what, here is what Rabbi Yossi Aglili was trying to explain. When he says that Shabbos is not written in the section of the Yamin Tovim, he didn't literally mean that Shabbos is not included in the section. What he meant is that Shabbos is fundamentally different than the Yamin Tovim. How so? Because Moadeh Hashem Yamin Tovim require Kiddush Beisdim. Require, remember again, in order to have the Yamin Tovim, what do you need? Kiddush HaChodesh. Kiddush HaChodesh, sanctification of the new month, ultimately is dependent on Beisdim. So it's interesting to the Amitobim. I will say, by the way, this is why, this is why. So therefore, the Amitobim require the intervention of Beisdin. Shabbos, I will say, when does Shabbos come? When does Shabbos come? Shabbos. Seventh day. <laughs> Seventh day. Ready or not? We all know that, right? All especially on short Fridays, right? Ready or not, right? It's Shabbos. It's Shabbos. Shabbos does not require any intervention, any participation of Beisdin. I will say, by the way, I'll just point out, where do you see this distinction reflected? In Kiddush. Right? What do we say in, on Shabbos? Shabbos, we say, Hashem, Shabbos. Where does the sanctity of Shabbos come from? Hashem. Not do with man. What do we say on Yom Tiv? Mekadesh Yisrael the Hazmanim. What does Mekadesh Yisrael mean? Mekadesh Yisrael means Beisdim. Chesh Baruch you endow us with sanctity. We in turn are Mekadesh the Chodesh. And because we are Mekadesh Chodesh, we sanctify the new month. Therefore, the Hazmanim. We create the sanctity of the Yamim Tovim. So that's what Rabbi Yosef really meant. What he meant is Shabbos is not written in the section of the Yom Tovim, meaning Yom Tiv requires the intervention of Beisdin through Kiddush HaChodesh. Shabbos does not. Rabbi Yosef, take a quick look at the rush on the left hand column, top left hand column. He says, Good, he's giving me an example. Shabbos Bereshes. Say, by the way, Rush is pointing out why, why do they keep why does Rabbi really refer to Shabbos as Shabbos Bereshis? So the Rush says over here because Yom Tiv is also referred to as Shabbos. So how do you know when you're referring to Shabbos, what we call Shabbos? We call Shabbos Shabbos Bereshis. Now it doesn't literally mean the Shabbos that we read Parshas Bereshis, but rather Shabbos Bereshis means Shabbos. Good. So that's what Rabbi Yosef really meant in the Brisa. Furthermore, furthermore, so the Gemara is right. So, so Moadi Hashem Tzuchin Kiddush Beisin Shabbos Breishes Ein Tzuchin Ein Tzuchin Kiddush Beisin. Furthermore, both say second line from the top. Ein Chesem Beis. Furthermore, Moadi Hashem Tzuchin Mumcha Vein Parshas Nedarim Tzuchin Mumcha. Both say similarly when Ben Azai said when Ben Azai said that the section of Nedarim is not written in the Yamin Tovim. Now that, that's not a true statement. In other words, the section of Nadarim immediately follows the section of the Yom Tov. And what did he mean? What he meant was the halachos of Nadarim are different than the halachos ultimately again of Kiddush HaChodesh, of the sanctification of the Yom Tov in the new month. How so? Because ultimately again, so he says, Kiddush, Mo'adeh Hashem Tzrichin Mumcha. Now both say, 
In order to sanctify the Yom Tovim, what do you have to, you have to sanctify the new month, Kiddush HaChodesh? Kiddush HaChodesh can only be done through experts. Through experts. Be'in parashas nedarim tzrichin mumcha. Be'at Rabbosei, when it comes to ataras nedarim, ataras nedarim does not need a mumcha. That's what Rabbi Yosef Levi meant, sorry, that's what Ben Azai meant when he said the parsha of Nedarim is not written by the Yom Tovim. Rather, it could even be Afilu Beis Nadiotas. Rabbi Yosef, the Beisdin that establishes the new month has to be an expert Beisdin, which, which makes sense. There's a lot riding on that. It has to be an expert Beisdin. So when Ben Azai says the section of Nedarim is not written by the section of the Yom Tovim, what he meant was, section of Yom Tovim, i.e. Kiddush HaChodesh, requires a basin of Munchim, experts, Hataras Nadarim does not. Hataras Nadarim can even have a basin of Hediotos. Incredible. I, Baha, Baha, Parashas Nadarim, Rashi Amados. But one second, I will say, here's what's interesting. I'm sorry, but let me read that again. Baha, the Parashas Nadarim, Rashi Hamatos, Ksiv. But I will say, let's, let's not forget that the, there is a lotion of Rashi Hamatos used by Nadarim. And I will say, what does Rashi Hamatos mean? Leadership. So maybe the Torah is telling me that Hataras Nadarim, in fact, does require Mumchim. Amrav Chista Vitim Rav Yochanan Biyachid Mumcha. You're right. In other words, I will say, there is a model of Hataras Nadarim which requires a Mumcha. What's the model? What's the model? A Yochid Mumcha. I will say, so again, Enochinami by Hataras Nadarim, if you want to use one individual, you're going to require an expert. But if you're going, willing to use a bit, and that's Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah tells us that if, right, if you're going to use, if you're going to use an, one individual for Atar Sadar, he has to be like a leader of Klav Yisrael, i.e. a mumcha. But if you're going to use a Beisdin, Beisdin could even be Shalosh Hadyotos. Incredible. Incredible. So we'll say that ends, that ends that Gzair Shaba. Absolutely fascinating. We'll say, this is an incredible case. I'm going to Get ready. Get ready. Hashosik Amanas Lamekit. So we'll say, listen to this. Ruben is married to Rachel. Ruben is married to Rachel. Rachel makes a nether, right? Now, now what happens over here? Ruben, Ruben doesn't say anything after she makes the nether. Now, normally, silence is construed as, or not even construed. What does silence in the face of the nether represent? Affirmation. Affirmation. Now, remember again, it's not immediate silence, because remember again, he has the whole day. In other words, he doesn't have to react immediately. He has the entire day, which I will say, by the way, if you think about it, is also such a muscle. We're going to see this is going to come up in this case. I will say, sometimes situations of nedarim between husbands and wives, right, that a wife makes, could often be the result of something else happening within a marriage. Some, some type of strife, some type of conflict. So the Yibam Shalom in his infinite wisdom understood that sometimes the worst thing you could do in the face of marital conflict is what? Res- well, first, respond immediately. Right? Sometimes it's not a good idea to say the first thing that comes to your mind right? when you are in the midst of a, of a, of a moment of marital strife. Because often they're not necessarily the most intelligent things. Sometimes they're incredibly hurtful things. So it's interesting that the Torah gives like a day a day. So therefore, again, the wife can make a nether, the husband's silent. That immediate silence does not mean anything. In this case over here, I will say, what's happening over here is as follows. Rachel made a nether. Rachel made a nether. And ultimately, again, Ruvain is silent. Now, why is he being silent? 
If you look at the rush, if you look at the rush for just a moment, actually, you can look at the Ran and the rush, but let's start with the rush. So we'll say the rush is in the left hand column. It's like halfway down in the rush. So we'll say his intention is to annul the nether. His intention is to annul the nether. Right? But rather, what is he doing? He's silent. Right? Why is he silent? He's causing her distress. Now we'll say, why is he causing her distress? Take a look at the run also. So the run also over here is six lines up in the bottom. I'm going to make it. Now we'll say, so why is he distressing her? So we'll say, you know, it's interesting. You could see this. You could read this into so many marital situations. You could have a situation where sometimes a wife purposely makes an edger because she's upset about something with the complete expectation that what? That what? That her husband's going to annul it, right? And he doesn't annul it. And he doesn't annul it. Which I will say is an incredible use of it also because sometimes, and it's so important in a marriage, that sometimes a spouse says hurtful things. Sometimes the hurtful thing is not meant to hurt. But the hurtful thing is meant to elicit a response because a spouse is not hearing something they need to hear. So it's not the right way to go about eliciting a response. But sometimes it happens all the time. And it's so important to understand that sometimes a spouse says something, they don't mean to hurt me. They don't mean to hurt me. They're hurting. And they're saying something to get me to respond because I'm not responding. I'm not responding. I'm not engaged. So it's not the right thing to do, but Lamaisa, it is a mechanism or it is a dynamic that often happens. So you can see a situation where either Rachel made a nether that she knows Ruben is going to annul it, but she needs him to react, but he's not reacting. Or conversely, she made a nether that she really wants. He pretends like he's going to go ahead and affirm it, whereas he has every intention of revoking it. But the point over here is, he's quiet now, which looks like acquiescence, but he has every intention ultimately of revoking him in the future. So what's that lacha? So the Gemara says, Mayfair afilu mikan Rabbi Chanino says he has the ability to, revo- to revoke it even 10 days later. Even 10 days later. So I will say, so this is very interesting because what Rabbi Chanino seems to be saying is, as long as you have the intent to revoke it on the day of the nether, and you have a reason for your silence, that buys you extra time for revocation. All right, massive Rava. Rava raised the cash on this, and he says, So we'll say, remember again, we actually had this sugi last week. This, this is the beginning of the parak of Nara Murasa. Remember again, we'll say, Nara Murasa, father and husband share revocatory power. So what happens? When do we say that if the husband died, the Aros, the Aros died, that the power of revocation fully vests back to the father? That's talking about a case where the husband did not hear about the nether, or he heard about the nether and he was quiet. Or he heard about the nether and he died. On that same day. He heard about the nether and he upheld it. Or he heard about it, but he was silent on that day. I'm sorry. And he died the next day, so he heard about it. And then he died the next day. So what's the The surviving father does not have the ability to go and annul it. So you see that there's a case where if the husband is silent on the full day of the nether, that's it. That's it. So my love, are we not talking about a case of where the husband was silent in order to distress her? In other words, I will say what, what he's playing games over here. 
In other words, he's being silent in order to make it look like he's affirming the neder, but in fact, his intention is to go ahead and, his intention is to go ahead and know the neder. Lo b'shosek amenas l'kayin. No, his intention is to go ahead and what? His intention is to go ahead and he's quiet with the, with the intention to go ahead and uphold it. To which the Gemara says, one second, if he's quiet with the intention to uphold it, ihachi, hainu oshama v'kiyem, and that's the previous case. That's the case of where he heard it and where he heard it and upheld it. Ella b'sho sikstam. Rather, most of us are talking about a case where he was quiet and we don't know what his intentions were. Right? So then the Gemara is saying, quietness, we don't know what his intentions were and then he died on the next day Revocatory power does not best back to the father. So we'll say, what the Gemara is essentially saying over here is that halacha. So again, remember, we're, we're trying to, we are trying to answer a very simple question. What's our simple question? Well, it's not such a simple question. We have Rabbi Hanina. And Rabbi Hanina is saying that halacha lamaisa, halacha, well, actually, we're going to stop over it today, but Rabbi Hanina says that halacha lamaisa, if a husband is quiet on a day, his wife made the nether. But he has every intention of revoking it. But he's only going ahead and being quiet, why? To, 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 what's the thing? to distress her, right? To make her upset. Rabbi Hanina says he can revoke it even 10 days later. Rava is challenging that. Rava's first challenge against Rabbi Hanina failed. We'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up with the subsequent challenge tomorrow. All right, everyone, Zoom, have a great day, everyone. Have a great day, Jack. Good to see you. Where are you, Michael? Well, How does it work? Yeah. In other words, the mechanics of it? Yeah, it's not a quick question. Yeah. So if you want. Send me an email. I'll send you a write-up on it. Okay. Which explains it's not—it's not complicated, just involved. Okay. Um, so send me an email. I'll send you back today. Okay. Right. I appreciate <laughs> it. Which, 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 which form of revocation? Not, I'm not using that loosely. It's retroactive. It's machlokas. It's machlokas. Right now, the Gemara is understanding that that. Um, Hatara is Hatara is retroactive. Hafara never allows the nether to get off the ground. There's no nether. So it's not retroactive. There's no nether at all. Retroactive means there was a nether and it's retroactive be annulled. Hafara is there's no nether. That was the Nahal the mission a few days ago. Meaning the quote from the I mean it's retroactive. Correct. Hatara. Because retroactivity only makes sense. Because it doesn't matter. No. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm just saying, the fact that the Chacham also asked it, you have Chacham, right? That's Even all. simpler, retroactive means something was Chacham, and then retroactively annulling it. Hafara is the nether's never Chacham. From net. There's no nether. Don't, don't they come up with cases where if someone did something while it was still Correct. right? Correct. So we're going to see. We're going to see that. We're going to see that discussion. But the nice mechanism of how far is is in the I, I was just reading it. I was reading because I, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought, was, I thought we said that husbands is, is more powerful. But